0: Welcome to the 8 News Show, um, I'm your host Andrew and for the very, very first time I'm coming to you from the Northern Territory, around 30 minutes outside of Alice Springs, literally in the middle of nowhere, uh, at the Yedigen uh, Festival, not festival, conference, Whittigen. conference, Yedigen, conference, and it's my great honour to be here with Mark McMurtry, um, a man who I've known of for a very long time. Mark, you were one of my heroes 16 years ago, and we'll find out all about you in the near future. Also, um, Lumpa, aka David Cole, welcome, um, youth worker come freedom fighter. And a very serious man about it as well. And we got on, on Zoom from Tasmania, is it? Um, David, sorry, <laughs> um, Michael Nibs. Um, a man who's taken on the legal system for quite a few years, I believe, is that right? And had quite a lot of success. So tonight, um, gentlemen, it's over to you. Uh I'm I can't wait for this conversation, honestly. It's uh I think it's gonna be a bit of an eye opener and something that um I know all of my audience are gonna really, really enjoy. So let's kick it off. Um David, I was thinking that um or sorry, Lumpa, I was thinking that you could tell us a little bit about um and what, that's, what that means.
1: Yeah, w- Um, I, I, I'd actually like Brother Gunham to explain that because Wiriton Witt- was explained to him from a brother of ours from down South Australia, and um, I, I think Mark should explain <laughs> it because he was given the story directly from our brother. Uh,
2: the story of Wiriton is um, the, the effective a legend that was, was carved on the rocks, you know, into the rocks on Kangaroo Island. And it tells a story um, and the legend goes about these white men that would come in boats and bring a law with them that would be oppressive to our people and harmful. And that after a period, um, the oppression would be lifted um, because uh, both the, 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 these white skins and the, and the, the, the proper people from country would would work together to turn this thing aside, you know, and um, that's yeah, you know, that's exactly what we're seeing now.
0: You know? It's what's we're, happening here at the yeah, moment.
2: Yeah, we're seeing we're seeing. I don't, I don't care. You, you call them Australians if you want. Call them whatever you want. Okay, but what we're seeing is these people that are in fact citizens of the Crown, waking up to the fact that they've been held in slavery, um, and and didn't recognise it. And a lot of people are seeing now that their friends and their family have been hit with this bio-weapon, and that if they don't do something about getting behind the truth and letting the truth set them free, then they're going to die in captivity. So that's what is about. It's about, it's all walking together to free each other.
0: It's a prophecy that has come true. Yeah. Um Nibsy, would you like to jump in and um, tell us a little bit about yourself?
3: Can I you hear of, us? Well, I'm a truck driver. Um, pretty much all I've done, I've known David well, most of my life. I've um, uh, met Mark a couple of times, had a few dis- uh, discussions with him, and like, realistically, when the, I, I saw the truth, um, my father run the Darwin City Council for 26 years and I ended up starting, had an argument council in Tasmania here and I started looking at the law and how it all, everything fitted, um, how the law was meant to be created and I had the authority to create the law. Basically it all comes back to the oath of office um, and they meant to for a specific way in, in the uh, under sections 42 of the Commonwealth constitution. and. Our members of parliament are swearing the incorrect oath. Yep. And the promissory oath, that's 1868 UK, which is our imperial act, states very clearly that once you've taken a position that requires an oath, you no longer can swear the correct oath and hold that position if you haven't sworn the correct oath. Yep. And um, pretty much the whole of Australia has actually had to go out and re swear that.
0: Right. Well, we'll get into that in much more detail very soon. Um, Mark, would you like to tell everyone a little bit about yourself? No, just a little tiny bit, because <laughs> otherwise I will. I've been telling people about uh, you for twenty years now. I'm, I'm
2: I'm just me. I'm I, I am nothing. No one special, mate. I'm just me. You know. Um, I was born in Wollongong. Uh, Twelve years old. My parents moved up to North Coast in New South Wales. I ended up going fishing for a while and doing doing a few other things and. Until one day in my life, I got shat on by the government. You know, um,
0: what was that? What what happened?
2: It was it was more like a cluster. Uh, 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 it was a group of things that happened at the same time. Um. There were there were a a number of 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 things that happened at the time. I was helping to expose pedophiles in the state parliament, and a whole range of things, and they they all coalesced into one big shitstorm, basically for me. Mm. And I lost everything. Um, Things went south, pretty big way for me. But it opened my eyes to what was truly happening. You know. Um,
0: Yeah.
2: It started making me ask the questions that people ask today, like, you know, what, why is it that 40,000 children a year disappear in Australia?
0: That's right.
2: Well, oh, that's not a bad question, but what the fuck happened to them? Mm. That's the best one. I yeah,
0: think. no one knows.
2: You know what I mean? Pardon my language, but, you know, and when, when I started to to open my eyes, it was difficult to close them. You know, it's like it's like when you see something horrific and you can't look away. Yeah. You know, that's what it is. What I saw is truly, truly fucking horrific. And it really needed to be exposed to as many people so that we could change what was happening. Because one person knowing, three person people knowing, a hundred people knowing, all that is is a bunch of people that know. But when we get enough people that do know and that are repulsed by that, our intention can change
0: that. Mm whole thing that's right
2: and that's you know that that's that, that's one of the things that's driven me is is that getting to this point where we uh, um, we had uh, critical mass where we knew we knew that there was for, for a long time Dave and I've been talking and even with with, with uh, Liberty, we've had the conversation we knew something was coming we could see it we didn't know exactly that it was going to be called covid-19 mm. But we knew that the that that the manure truck was fully loaded yeah. and was barreling down the highway I, The house.
0: the riding was on the wall was absolutely,
2: so. absolutely. Yeah. And I remember when, when I first heard the first little thing about COVID and I spoke just, to Colsey and I said yeah. to I said to Colson the first time I heard about it, I said, Well this is it brother, you know? This is it. This is what they're gonna do to try and corral us and kill us. Yeah. You
0: know? And they're doing it. They are. Mate, I can tell you, there's. Uh, I've been doing a lot of interviews with people that have been injured and there's a lot of them and yeah. it's um, bad. And uh, the entire system is set up to uh, to block them. No, no chance to get any reprobate. Um, David, or Lumpa, uh, mate, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I, you were saying to me earlier off mic that you're a youth worker uh, and you had some incredible successes in Darwin. Please go ahead.
1: Well, basically, I've established the Bologne Foundation, which is a youth healing program, in 2005. Um, early 2006, we ran our first pilot camp and had no idea what we were doing. But we just knew we needed something because <clears throat> in Darwin, we have the highest youth suicide rates per capita in the world. WA has the highest youth suicide rates End of story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Per capita, we have the highest rates in the world. I knew we had to set up something, so I started a, a program, just taking kids out and doing culture, and just sitting on country and listening, and just giving them somewhere to let go. And um, didn't know if it would work. And um, before we started it, you know, I said to my wife, "If we did this for twenty years and save one life, is it worth it?" <clears throat> and um, she said, "Absolutely."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On our second pilot camp, a young man who came out in the, Program fell into my arms and was crying and saying thank you for bringing me out here because this weekend I planned to kill myself. I'd written my note, I had the rope, I had everything ready.
0: Fuck, mate.
1: And he said, um, while you bringing me out here, it saved my life. So I went home yeah. to my wife and I said, that 20-year one-life plan, I said, forget about it, It started. Yeah. So we have to continue this. So from 2006 till um, um, till now, I've taken out over 850 kids to our program. Um, 85% of those kids had suicide ideology or had attempted suicide at the time we met them. Um, and um, sadly enough, but um, at the same time, um, proudly enough, um, I, I have only been to two funerals in that in the last 15 years.
0: It's incredible, um, from mate.
1: Those 850 kids.
0: part, um, what triggered you to do this? What 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 got you into the youth work in the beginning? Well,
1: just growing up in the pain, going through my own trauma, um, um, becoming a father and breaking that cycle for my kids and mm-hmm. going through my own healing, I just wanted to give it to more kids than I um, um, that I know needed it as well. Yeah. So created something that was um, reaching the kids that were always forgotten, that fell through the gaps that ended up dead or in prison, um, and the program became so successful um, uh, that unfortunately the abuse that I witnessed from the children within the system and trying to hold the system to account resulted in the system cutting 100% of our funding and never holding themselves to account for the abuse.
0: Mate, they're, they're, they're not bad, eh? They well, do this. They're blatant. Yeah. And they're obvious. So I've got a question now for both of you before we move into the real discussion.
1: Let me, let, let me tell you why I'm here. Yeah. Um, that was only the start. Now, by the from making complaints... They cut 100% of our funding, and they never actually held themselves to account. Now, that made me ask two questions. Why would you cut funding to the only program in Darwin that your evaluation says is stopping our children from killing themselves? And my second question is, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And that's when I went on a discovery. I rang every Aboriginal lawyer around this country and asked them if they'd stand with me to take the government on for genocide, for the unlawful removal and stealing of our children and imprisonment of our children, and not one would take it on. I rang, I rang, I rang, oh. I rang, shine lawyers because Erin um, Brockovich joined up with them, and I figured she stands up for the little man. Oh yeah. So I rang them and I said, um, "Would you?" Use? And they said, "Not a chance. There's no way we'd take on the government." What? And I said, "Well, that's not very Erin Brockovich like." And then my grandfather said, "Ring, ring this man. He's a lawyer." So I rang this bloke called Mark McMurtry, and uh. he said, "I'm not a lawyer." He said, "I understand their law." And I explained to him what I was standing up for with the children. Um, he said, well, they don't have the right to remove them. I said, how can you prove that? He said, well, we're sovereign. And he sent me a document. And I read that document. And I rang him straight back and said, has that ever been rebutted? He said, no, never. Wow. So once I realized the truth in our sovereign position and the fact that they didn't have the right to steal our children, traffic our children, imprison our children, and kill our children, that's when I took the gloves off and said, let's go eight years ago I've been walking with that truth to protect the children. But the deeper I looked into the truth of the children, and what was going on, the more I realised it wasn't just a handful of kids in the system. It was an entire network. I realized and upon doing research, I have my honors in Indigenous research, so that's my, that's what I do. I go deep into stuff. So years of researching I realized that it wasn't only a problem in my backyard, it was a national problem and a global problem. Mm. And then meeting people like Mark and others who have been exposing it and trying to expose it and and, and, and all the research I've found, um, I'm in this fight for the kids. Because the very sick system that is feeding on children, raping, murder, torturing, all the sick stuff they're doing. Mm. And there's a lot of it. Is the very same system that's genociding us all. Yeah. So I'm in this for the children, but I'm in this for the people. and the only truth that I can see that we can stand with is our position to free all and create something better. So that's why I'm in this.
0: Mate, um, we're under attack from all sides, aren't we? It's in our water, it's in our food, it's uh, it's, it's with our lives, it's it's every... I think um, I've heard the word full spectrum dominance. It's pretty much what we're going through, eh? Mm. Um, Just a quick question before we move on from both of you. How did this event come about? How did you get to this point? Because, I mean, I've got to be, t- got to be honest with you. It's I very, didn't know what to expect. Very simply.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dave shot his mouth off on the stage in Canberra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was organic then. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. was No, it was um,
1: no, yeah. more organic than you realised. <laughs> Look, the, the reality is when I met this bloke eight years ago, he's been walking with the Sovereign Truth. Um, um, on that journey, he's had a lot of people him in the back, black and white. Mm-hmm. And when you have black people bringing down a movement that's about freedom, it's pretty hard to uphold that fight. So 25 years of fighting that fight, he was burned out when I met him. Okay. And um, he said, I'm out. And I said, no, you catch your breath. And eight years ago, I said, you catch your breath, give me the reins and let me rally up the tribal councils and bring the people to the truth. Why am I? So for the last eight years, that's all I've been doing is going around speaking truth to all our tribes, explaining to them our position giving him the evidence, showing him the truth. And this gathering was always about bringing this man, the truth, and everything that we have, putting it in front of the law people and taking their advice on which way we step. So as much as it's organic, it's been...
0: been, A lot of hard work.
1: A lot of hard work in eight years in the making. So this is about bringing the truth to our law and having our law stand with the truth.
0: Look, I've got to congratulate you. I, I was... beginning to say that i i didn't know what to expect when i got here and uh when i i had a couple of hours to have a look around and figure it all out i was incredibly impressed uh everything's so well set up but not only that there's a real order here and you are working hard to make a change and i've i've witnessed that and we've we've got some videos that we'll put out at some point that will show everyone that there's some real serious work going on here I mean, I've watched Mark at the computer all day long, and yourself, Lumpa, and so many other support workers here. Um, I'm I'm just incredibly impressed. Uh,
1: anyway, so well, what what what's more impressive about that is everybody that's here are helping and working are together, all voluntary,
0: and everyone's working no, together. No one's
1: being paid. This is not resourced. Most of this is off uh, donations from good people, um, and um, ticket sales that we're getting for people to come and enjoy three-day event that we're having from tomorrow uh, onwards. So, yep. so, so every, everyone here that's pulling off the magic is volunteering.
0: It's really impressive to see, man, it really is. Yeah. So um, where do we start? I mean, this conversation's really for you guys, so I'd really be happy to take a back seat here. I mean, I'm, I'm going to participate in the conversation, but um, you guys have got such a, an in-depth story uh, I think I'd really need to sit you sit with you for like a day or so to really plan a show out. Um, so I just think we just kick it off. I, I think I know what you all want to talk about. So shall we start with you, Mark? Like,
2: yeah. let's yeah, go. It was really good that uh, Queensland won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's yeah, that's a good Is place that what to we start. Want to talk about no. It's a good place to no. start. State
2: of origin. No. no. no, no all right. Yeah, look. Um, I think the 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 main topic that we need to discuss is um where are we really at? You know and, As
0: a whole people? Uh,
2: uh yeah, as as a as a as an island nation, so to put, yeah. Um where are we at and where can we go? Yeah. And where we're at at the moment is uh at the edge of a cliff. Mhm. Um we're on a train that's been Going crazy for a couple of hundred years and it needs to be pulled up,
0: you know. And we need people to wake up and start to understand that people are the power.
2: People are waking up. People it's are waking a very up simple, exceedingly are waking fast. Up, mate. Oh, yes, they are. very quickly. Yeah. They are. But you're right, they are the power.
0: And and the COVID nineteen is what did it to them.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I said for, for twenty five years, mate, the rest of Australia won't wake up to what we've been going through. Until the government does it back to them.
0: Yeah, that's right.
2: And it wasn't until the government did it to them that they went, oh, gee, oh, oh, yeah, I, I don't like this.
0: But you know, the, the,
2: well, get used to it.
0: In, in, philosophically speaking, you could make the argument that, um, as I sort of said before, we're under full spectrum dominance. So we've all been under attack for a long time. Some of it's been obvious, but a lot of it hasn't been. I mean, just simply putting fluoride in your water, right? That's it makes actually, you passive. That's
1: actually what woke me up. Years is ago, part of I was, was researching water. Um, and once I researched the fluoride in the water and realised that the very government that's supposed to be looking after us is putting in that water and letting us feed that to our children. Mm. That's Forcibly I, medicating it. Absolutely. That's when I realised, okay, there's something really wrong here. That was, that, was, that was about 20 years ago, and I really started to go deep from there. And, and any, anyone that's willing to put toxins like that into our water supply Ain't our friend.
0: That's right. Uh, Isn't it interesting that, um, you know, you you get on the internet these days and you can't find the the footage of the Nazis doing their medical experimentation anymore? A long time ago, you used to be able to, and being an inquisitive young bloke, I was doing a lot of that. And the one that's always stuck with me was watching this freak scientist with this frail man putting this massive injection of fluoride into his arm and then getting him to hold his arm out while he burns it with a Bunsen burner. And, I mean, that has never left me. And just generally speaking, I'm kind of like a bit of an allude to the fact that I think one of the biggest issues we've got today is that a lot of people don't understand history at all. Yeah. And, I mean, it's one thing to understand things um, in the law like you have, Mark, but I think that's part of our – um, our, our struggle as well, which is partly what we're doing here, right? We're going to capture all the stories um, and just do whatever we can to get to get that out more. And when people start to make connections with that, you know, that's all going to be part of the change, right? So we'll see how well, we go. Well, well, that's
1: exactly why I've been wanting to sit and have a conversation with these guys and record it for a long time because here's Mark's truth, Gunham's truth and Nibsy's truth is unbeatable, unbeatable from both sides yeah, and unquestionable. And both their truth together is our freedom.
0: Well, Lumpar, with that, mate, can I hand it over to you to start the conversation with these two guys? Because I think you're the... We were talking about you being the co-host tonight. Uh, so kick it off. I'm sure I'm going to be really interested in what you got to talk about and I'm sure I'm going to have a couple of questions as well. But over to you, mate.
1: Yeah, well, look... Uh, uh, it goes back to the beginning for me when I first contacted Gunnerman. He explained to me what sovereignty was and what it meant to us. I had no idea. I was busy healing kids. And once I got that and read the notice of rebuttal, um, I rang him up and he explained it to me. And, um, you know, um, I've not had anyone break down our sovereign position like Mark and I've not had anyone break down the government's illegitimate position like Nibsy Right. So I rang Mark and, you know, um you know, it's probably probably pro- probably easier for Mark to um, take us on a short journey of the notice of rebuttal in relation to our position. But why? I mean, best way is for you to just tell people why are we sovereign? How are we sovereign?
2: Right. The, the, how, why are we sovereign? We are sovereign because the the crown, the UK, whatever, um, have never extended sovereignty here. Now, before before I started going too far into this this rabbit hole, the one thing I knew I had to do was establish a baseline. And the baseline I wanted from them was, okay, when did you start your shit? So I wrote to every attorney general, like state, territorial and federal, and I asked the question, so when did you guys take sovereignty here? Without exception, they all said, when Arthur Phillips stuck the rag on the stick in the ground, Sydney Cove. Mm. Paraphrase. Right? Um I started then looking to see if I could find any evidence that could disprove their claim, because if that's where they state their claim comes from, then that's where they need to look forward to or forward from. I discovered a thing called the Treaty of Westphalia, which was a treaty created in Europe, you know, 500 years ago, and it requires that none of the member member treaty states or treaty member states could come down here and usurp the sovereignty of the tribes. Now, that's why the Dutch, the Portuguese, the Spanish, they all came here, but none of them did that. But the British did that. They came here and took our sovereignty. Well, no, they didn't. Because if you go to the... And don't forget that when Arthur Philip put the flag on the stick in the ground In Sydney Cove, before he walked up the beach, he stepped onto the sand and therefore subjected himself to the law of the land. And the particular law of that land in that area, in most of all of this country, is that without a bloodline connection to the country, you can't own part of the estate. Hmm. Okay. That's the original tribal law. Right. Okay. Um, Immaterial of what the UK or anyone else thinks, that's the law of this land. So when he stuck the stick in the ground and made his claim, he didn't make a claim of sovereignty. Now, the reason we know that is because eight years later, um, the Judge Advocate General of the First Fleet, Captain David Collins, had a conversation with Ben Long, and Ben Long explained to him how, at that point, eight years after this claim of taking radical, radical title of sovereignty that his people still maintained their hereditary title over their estates, okay? And this is recorded in their own instruments. And then, like, jump 50 years forward or so, uh, 1836, 23rd of February, 1836, King William IV issued the letters' patent to establish the province of South Australia. Now, at the end of the letters' patent, it states that they are not to interfere with the natives' peaceful enjoyment of their own estates. Now, if they had taken sovereignty 50 years before this, how could they be the tribes of states? Okay? So there's all these, like, uh, little reminders that you haven't quite done the job yet. And the reason they hadn't done the job was because the the Crown, the United Kingdom Parliament, was only ever a belligerent occupier. Okay? Now, in accord with the rules of war, and we're not particularly fussed, whether it's their rules of war or whatever, it's ours, because it's our land, Um, the requirement is that when the legitimate sovereigns are ready and and tend to take back their terrain and administration of their their, their selves and their self-determination, they give notice to the belligerent occupier to do so. But in adjunct to that for us, there was another interesting thing, and that was in 1970... Uh, on the 24th of October 1970, at the UN, the Commonwealth of the United Kingdom and Australia signed on to um, what's called the Decolonisation Resolution. Now, the Decolonisation Resolution requires that the colonised lands be returned to, the original, to their original sovereigns. Yeah? So in 1973, the Queen withdrew on behalf of the United Kingdom Parliament any claim to this land, she removed her coat of arms, with the lion and the unicorn on it, and she left in place a corporate, interim, transitional administration, for the purposes of transitioning transitioning administration of the terrain, back to the legitimate sovereigns. No one told us what the game was, but we discovered what the game is, and we have now given notice to them that the legitimate sovereigns have returned, and we will be very shortly, uh, publicly, making a proclamation on behalf of the member tribes of the original Sovereign Tribal Federation that um, they have got 28 days to get back to us. This is the, the Crown, the, the uh, corporate administration, mm. to negotiate a way forward to complete transition of governance by the 31st of December this year okay now there's a lot of talk about whether or not they when when in 1967 whether the tribal people became Australian citizens and what that means when the constitution was amended in 1967 and this is important to remember this all that happened was that the Australian citizens, the British subjects, who were, were subject to that constitution, decided to amend two sections of it. They took out a piece in Section 51.26 that said they could not make laws for people of the Aboriginal race.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And they removed the whole of Section 127, which said they couldn't count us as part of the population of the Commonwealth or any part thereof. Now, that didn't remove from us our sovereignty either. That, that didn't remove from us our sovereignty either, just for the record. Now, what happened was that they removed from their foundation administrative document a statement that said they couldn't make laws for us and the statement said they couldn't count us as part of their population. And all, all that did was pave the way for us, if we so wished, to take up an option to become an Australian citizen, okay? We also maintained our original citizenship, our birthright, which the High Court, in the case of Barnaby Joyce, for example, um, removed him from the Parliament because he, he he could not they could not remove his birthright and it couldn't be assumed his birthright was removed because he had a birthright as a New Zealand citizen. So he had sworn allegiance whether he knew it or not. So he had to step down from the Parliament. Well, the same applies for us. If it applies to all classes, if the law applies to all classes of Australian citizens equally, then the law that applies to an Australian citizen. Whether he's a New Zealand Australian citizen or a tribal Australian citizen, their right to their indisputable birthright, heritage, and and uh, uh, citizenship is immovable by the Crown. Mm-hmm. So we retain them. Sorry, mate.
3: Two seconds here. in the Love v Commonwealth and yep. Thomas v Commonwealth um, twenty twenty, mate. Um they state very clearly that the tribal people of this land are non citizen, non alien. Yep. And if you go through the Commonwealth Constitution it states it only can make laws for citizens and aliens. Yep. Therefore putting it back to they can't make laws for the tribal people here under Section yep. one twenty seven.
2: Yep. It's the same like the the, the Pacific Island Protection Act eighteen seventy five, right? The amendment. A lot of people say that, uh, it doesn't apply to a particular line west of west of this particular line in the Pacific but it does, it just makes a difference between east of the line you have the Pacific Islands, west of the line you have the Australasian colonies. Now, the reason I say that is because in the 1872 original version in Section 2 in the definitions it states that where it uses the term other places, those other places are the Australasian colonies. So, we'll get back to the point. In the Amendment to the Act of 1875, there are two relevant sections for us tonight. Section 6, which states that the only jurisdiction that the Crown could have here, it was in the in the Australasian colonies and the Pacific Islands, was over their citizens. In Section 7, under the title Rights of the Tribes, it says that they could not extend or construe to extend sovereignty or dominion into the Pacific Islands and other places, being the Australasian colonies, and that sovereignty and dominion was to remain with the chiefs and the rulers and the people of the tribes. So, if you bear that in mind with Section uh, um, uh, Halsbury's Rules and if you go to the contemporaneous version of Halesby's Rules which are the rules for the Westminster Parliament it's edition 3 if you go to page um, 337 paragraph 559 part 12 and 12.1 of edition 3 of Halsbury's Rules it states that they were not allowed to usurp the sovereignty of the tribal peoples here for example the, the Maori assembled in Parliament at Waitangi and it says that they were not allowed to amend any British law and take away from the strength of that law. They could only amend it to strengthen it and to uphold it. So when they created their constitution 25 years later, bearing in mind, I don't care whether you want to talk about the 1900 or the 1901 constitution, because the 1900 constitution is the UK Act, which is 63 and 64 Victoria, Chapter 12, an act that constitute the Commonwealth throne 900 UK, Section 9 of that Act, is what is called the 1901 Constitution, which is what we call the Constitution. The pre, the first eight clauses of the UK Act explain how to use Section 9 as the Constitution here, right? Right. Now, yeah, I forgot where the fuck I was going. <clears throat> um, Put your mouth closed at yep, first. Right. So, so um, because of Halsbury's rules, when they created the Constitution, they had to include something that said they they couldn't make... Include us in their jurisdiction, and they had to include something that said they couldn't usurp our sovereignty. So, what they said was they couldn't make laws for us or couldn't subject us to their jurisdiction, and they couldn't count us as part of their population because we remained sovereign. Okay, and then what happened in 19, non- 1967 they used smoke and mirrors to make us think that somehow we'd become Australian citizens and. All this stuff about sovereignty, what, what, what's that? What's that?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just mysteriously well, disappeared. Well,
2: in, 2000, yeah. in 2010, when OSTF was formed on the beach at Bondi, the first order of business was to give notice to the Crown that we are not recognised in your constitution and therefore, we do not recognise it. Because the word recognised means to enter a recognizance, enter a contract. That's why when you get bail, you get surety bail, where someone puts up a surety or money for you to guarantee you won't screw up. Or you get what's called a self-recognizance or self-recognition, a self-contract, where you guarantee that you won't fuck up, right? So they bit, they took the bait on recognition. And, and ultimately, uh, on the 13th of February, 2013, we served into the federal parliament the uh, Declaration of Nationhood and Self-Determination for the Autochthonous people of this continent autochthonous means from from the dust of the place from the ground our dna is in the ground yeah uh we aren't indigenous because indigenous comes from the latin indigenous, meaning a naturalized citizen of the realm but anyway um That's, which no, is why they used the word after 1967 when we became naturalized citizens of the realm as an option um where the fuck was i
0: no you you're, you're making incredible points though uh i'd never heard you, you were talking about
1: the constitution and the changes, and um, so right. why why wouldn't those yeah, changes? Sideways. Why, well, why wouldn't those changes? No, no, you, you smashed it, bro. Why yeah, wouldn't why wouldn't those changes in the constitution be lawful then?
2: Well, they were lawful. They were, the changes in the constitution were lawful. They were undertaken and, and, no, no, and no, approved it, by it, federation, but that doesn't mean that it didn't extend to them by by removing the negative statement saying they can't make laws. Didn't create a positive statement that said they could make laws,
0: right?
1: Yeah, right?
2: and they—they just they smoke and mirrors, you know. So all these people want around waving flags for the just, fucking Labor Party, you know what I mean? Right.
1: So, so what you're saying but, is any change can't be a negative; it has to be a positive.
2: Well, no, no, it's neutral. They didn't make all they did was they removed the negative statement. They couldn't provide a positive statement in their constitution that they could rule us for two reasons. Hausbury's rule said they can't. Yeah. Yeah. And and without our consent and acquiescence of our sovereignty, they still can't. Yeah. Right. Two reasons. And MZ, um, sure. what did the,
1: what did the judge say in relation to um, Love and Thomas? Uh,
3: what was that, mate?
1: What What did the judge say in relation to um, Love and Thomas?
3: Uh, pretty much, they said that. Um, Tribal people here are non-citizen, non-alien. Therefore, in the Commonwealth Constitution, it states very clearly that they only can make laws for citizens and aliens. So um, that's just backing up sections 127 where it says that they can't. And if you go have a look at the um, documents that were sent back and forth to the Privy Council between 1786 and uh, 1888, I think it was, if you go through the um, letters back and forth to the Privy Council, they say very clearly that they were allowed to interfere with the tribal people. The only way they could interfere at, at any time was if the tribal tribal people going in and attacking them. They had the right to defend themselves, and vice versa. So they they're in a position, really, that I, only by eye can see that they have anything. Is if we're at war, and that that violates any of the any of the rules anyway. You know, like what we've got. But as Mark was saying earlier, it's when you're having a look. Well, actually, better still, when the conversation we were uh, we had in Hobart with the barristers, David. Yep, Rymal. Craig was sitting there arguing the point, and I turned around and said, "Look." we we'll, will walk away from this whole argument, right here and right now, that um, Greg Malik, I think his name was.
1: Yeah, Greg Malik and Raymond yeah, Brimhall.
3: Yeah. And Peter Slipper was there.
1: And Peter yes. Slipper.
0: Yes,
3: now, yes, it was. Now, when we were sitting there, there was an argument going on in the room, and I went, look, I'll, I'll walk away from it. We will all walk away from it. And Greg Malik went, what's that? And I said, you give me one or two things. <laughs> you, you show me one or two things that prove that you have any authority here. And he goes, what's that? I said, you either show me a bill of sale of these lands from the tribal people or show me the um, leasing agreement that you have the uh, use of the land under use of rent. And he slammed his book shut and got up and left the room. And you can attest yep. to that. Yep.
0: What about the right. others? What about the others? Did they walk so out?
3: We can't. We can't. Um, Peter Slipp of... Well, Peter
2: Slipper,
3: was, oh, when he's ready when he's ready to come to the table, let's sit down. Um, Just repeat that, Nimsie. We had
1: a bit of a breakdown, brother. Can you repeat that? What did Slipper say again?
3: Peter Slipper basically said, when you guys are ready to come to the table and sit down and have a discussion, come and sit down with us. Um, and pretty much stood up, handed out his business cards and went, I'm out of here. Now, Peter Slipper, ex Speaker of the House of Representatives, barrister, minister, um, you know, he's, he's no he's not slouch. He, know, he knows what's going on. He's, he's in Parliament for that long. It's not funny. So he's got a really good handle on it. And they cannot provide those documents. If they can't provide them, it's no different to informant and style of your car. And I, I hit it and, uh, sold. You had an old old Monaro. I went and knocked it off. And I hit it in the shed for thirty, forty years. And I bought it, out, done it up, sold it to some poor bugger, And they they go to register it and they go, oh, this car was stolen. What cool. it happens with it? It gets handed back to the original yep. owner.
2: Mate, there was a case of that. In the, there was a case of that in the US where a bloke lost a an Austin Healey, um and it was missing for forty three years. And he saw it on for sale on eBay. and Called the police. They just went and grabbed it and was handed back. Of course. You know? Um, so criminal so, mean, yeah, yeah, conduct that, not, does that, not influence title.
1: So, Nibsie, we were talking before about the Constitution and the changes, right, what Mark was talking about. Sorry, yep. Since the Crown left in 73, uh, the new Constitution, is that, is, that, is that even lawful?
2: No.
3: If you go through and have a look at the Constitutional Law Report 1988, I think it's on page 92, it's on 90 or 92 of the the Constitutional Law Report. It states very clearly anything to do with Elizabeth II, Queen of Australia, is deemed to be invalid. Now, I think (laughs) even ScoMo, when he was in, when he swore his oath of allegiance, was to Elizabeth II, Queen of Australia. And and when you go look at sections 42 of the Commonwealth Constitution, it states for every member of the upper and lower houses of representatives, must swear their oath in accordance with this constitution and it's scheduled. They don't. If they don't swear it, you promissory promise free oaths, Acts 1868. Uh, in section seven of it, it it's um, a penalty for not uh, taking a quiet oath. It states very clearly that they can't respect and hold their positions. Yep. Um, I've taken that up with oh, probably six barristers now, five uh, at least yeah, about six barristers, and they've all went, um, you're right, but how do we fix it? I even had, I even had a barrister in Darwin get oh, irate right with me and turn around and said, who gives a fuck about that? We'll just change the law to suit ourselves.
1: I, I, bel- I, believe you know, his words, I believe his words, because I did hear it, was, who gives a fuck about the law? Who gives a fuck about the Constitution? Fuck the law. We yeah. just we just we just change the change the rules, move you on, and get on get the next one in. Mm.
3: That's right. So, and uh, in twenty eighteen, uh, there was a court case, Heldon a friend of mine, and he looked at mandatory sentencing, and they were going to put they were locking him up. Um, and he had a barrister from Sydney, and I turned around and said, "Look, ask this question, and you can Google, you can Google it." Um, Vanessa Goodwin incorrect swearing of oaths. Um, that was here in Tasmania. That was through my court case, and she came out and stated very clearly that there was no member of the judiciary sworn correctly for over thirty years.
0: So no,
1: that was from your case, wasn't it?
3: That was because of my case, yeah. Mm.
1: And the entire now, judicial system in Tasmania had to reswear the oath. Is that correct?
3: Yeah, the, the whole judiciary has has had to reswear the oath. That's correct.
1: So no, they're, all they sit, also, they're all so they're all so they're all sitting lawful now. Is that right?
2: No, no because
3: they bridge, they, they breached the oath to start with. with. The Promissory Oaks, 1868 Our <laughs> Imperial Act disqualifies them from doing that. Start that again.
1: Start that again. Sorry. Start that again. Maybe Start that again. The
3: Promissory Oath Act 1868 UK, which is our Imperial Act, states mm-hmm. very clearly in section seven of that they cannot reswear their oaths and hold their positions. Monash University's done a paper on this and pretty much said the same. Um, a fr- the friend of mine in Darwin brought it up. His barrister went into court with him on Monday morning when he was meant to go to jail. And he, his barrister said, look, we'll fight this. We'll appeal this as soon as it gets done. And I was speaking to him on Sunday night and I said, mate, hand your lawyer all this paperwork and tell him to ask the question whether they're sitting in lawfully, which is quorum juris or quorum non jurors." And they went into court. They adjourned his court case until Wednesday and gave him a good behaviour point. Now, and um, a month and a half after that, in the newspapers up there, uh, it was written by, oh, jeez, Crikey, it's come out. Magistrates supporting in in Bungle. It's not only the magistrates, it's our police force. It's, yep. Uh, actually, I think the Northern Territory Police Force is one of the very few that actually swear their oath correctly. Um, but they're all swearing their oaths incorrectly. If they, that's happening, they can't re-swear and hold their positions. And soon as they do, soon as they don't swear their oath of allegiance to Her Majesty, then they don't have any protections of her. So they're sitting outside their jurisdiction, and then that's that's where they're in trouble. Like you can't. If you don't have jurisdiction, how can you make a law? You can't. We haven't had we haven't had anybody in this country to be able to accept the oaths correctly since sixty five, I think it is, because the you know, governor General stuffed up back in nineteen sixty five and didn't submit his oath correctly.
1: Well, was the governor general even appointed? We have, have a we um, have maybe Mark, you maybe you should explain um, the two emails. In the notice of rebuttal to the Privy Council,
2: well, the Privy Council has stated clearly that the Governors general are not lawfully appointed. they cannot find a record of the instruments of appointment. that's at the Privy Council Privy Council Secretariat. the
1: recent one or previous ones
2: oh, I think it was about well, two thousand four that is... The fact
3: is there, David.
2: Like it still if, stands. It's the way it they is. They haven't, if they, if they
3: haven't been sworn correctly, right? Then the prime minister's not sworn correctly. Hmm. And who swears who, who says the attorney general? In? The prime minister here does it. Can
2: I can I ask a question about the swearing in of the prime minister? Yeah. Uh, how
3: how
2: can how can they swear in a prime minister when the office is not created in the constitution as an office of the parliament? Mm. <laughs> well,
3: yeah, that, that,
2: Like seriously, if you or I did this shit, brother, we'd own be own. fucking locked up for life for fraud and extortion.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, and that that doesn't go to my, the big issue of the pedophiles in their parliament. Let's not go there. That's right. Well, the, yeah.
3: but the, the proof of all this is being where it's all going. If you go have a look at the uh, acts amendments and repeals Act 2003 uh, Western Australia. In sections 121 through to 130, it removes Her Majesty, her heirs and successors, yep. uh, all royal insignia. So it removes the lot and replaces it with state. There's treason for any British subject or any, any Australian citizen.
2: Mate, it's treason. Treason. it's treason for the Queen to be the Queen of Australia. She can't be the Queen of the United Kingdom and the Queen of Australia because to be the Queen of Australia is to be treasonous to the people of England and mm-hmm. the United Kingdom. Like it's such That's a exactly fucking right. pile of shit, mate. And and these 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 people are standing there going, oh, we know we know how we know how to do this. You just leave us run this place.
1: Hang on, I went to court. I to court. I court a couple of weeks ago, and um um I stood firm with the judge on his oath of office, <laughs> and he told me he's he, he, he swears his oath to the Queen of Australia. Whoa, Who, who's that, Nibsey? Who's the Queen of Australia? Did you ask,
0: Limpa?
1: I did ask. Well, on, hang on, let, let me get don't, that clear. Don't on don't Friday.
2: The fact of the... That's a hands filler, you know, isn't it? The fact of that, right? <laughs> if you go, have a look at, you go
3: have a look at the judicial officer's of oath, yes. uh, it, you'll find that in the Northern Territory Oath Ordinance 1939 through 1960. Um, it's in there in the state. It's a judicial officer's of oath, and it tells you how it's got to be sworn. It doesn't have Queen of Australia. It's the same as what they've done in sections 42 of the Constitution in the Schedule. There's no mention of Queen of Australia. It states you can change the name of the king or the queen. From, mm. It can be changed from time to time. It doesn't say you can t- change her title. And that's what they've done. And as soon as, and I've got an hour and 55 minute recording with Raymond Brimhall, And he went, I see what you're doing. I understand where you're going. And he goes, You understand this better than most people in, that I know. And he said, it was, how can you swear allegiance
1: to something that's not real? Well, well, the judge I had confused the hell out of me because on Friday, I um, stood my ground. And I said, you're not continuing until I know who I'm dealing with. I said, you could be anybody. Um, and if you're going to try and hold me to anything, I want to know who I'm dealing with. And anyway, in the end, he gave in. He said, I'll read you my oath. So he read it out to uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Um So I told him that oh, they left here in 1973, so you're swearing an oath to a foreign power that doesn't have any jurisdictional authority here and you're committing fraud and treason. Um, so he skipped out on the Friday and adjourned it till Monday. But when we came back on the Monday, um, we had a bit of a discussion. I said, you can't continue. I said, you, you have no jurisdictional authority. I'll give you no consent. And in fact, we already talked about this last week and you told me that you swear an oath to Queen Elizabeth and... I told you, you're committing fraud and treason." And he said, I swear my oath to the Queen of Australia. So I politely <laughs> I politely said to him, well, who's the Queen of Australia? I said, you, last week was the Queen, Queen, Queen Elizabeth. I said, and then this week it's the Queen of Australia. I said, make up your mind. I said, but who is the Queen of Australia? I said, bring her to me. Show me her. I said, in fact, I summons the Queen of Australia into this court. You bring your Queen of Australia here, and I want to know where you get your authority from.
2: That's when he cut and run again. Don't you love it when they give themselves an uppercut? Yeah. Yeah. What
0: what, <laughs> what, 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 what? what? I mean, for for a magistrate, what a dumb thing to say.
2: Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They say some silly things. Well, <laughs> hey,
0: isn't it interesting though? They are people too, right? They are.
2: Mate. Well, they are. And look, 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 look. The reality
1: is, look, these these two guys here, you know, Gunnam and Nibsey, they probably know more than any judge sitting at the bench anyway, right, in relation to all this. I asked the judge uh, uh, um, uh, the week before that a simple question, which is what Nibsey, um just mentioned. And I, I, asked, um, I asked her if she's sitting uh, quorum juris. Um, and, and she was like, what? I said, mm-hmm. are you sitting quorum juris? And she said, I'm a registered judge in the Northern Ter- in, in the Darwin's um, magistrate's court. And I said, yeah, but you haven't answered my question. I said, are you sitting quorum juris? And she's like, what's that? I said, that means are you a judge sitting lawfully? I said, no, I'd argue that you're sitting quorum non-juris. And she absolutely had no idea.
0: Wow. What was her response?
1: Journament. of course. Let's get out of here.
2: Well, the fact is they, can't, they cannot establish jurisdiction. They cannot establish judicial credibility, and they cannot establish a rightful law by which they are sitting there. There's, That's right. It, it doesn't matter what they do or say. It's all a pack of cards. And it needs to be rebuilt now they can yeah. they can jump up and scream and bitch and cow and like, it makes no 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 difference at the end of the day. the facts are the facts, and everybody knows and the time has come that the corporate muscle doesn't apply anymore mm. you know um it's it's kind of odd um when you consider some of the things that they've they've done to the people to try and maintain their thuggish grasp around the throats of tribal people on this continent and rape and pillage and it's like it's it's sort of the image I've got in my head is like this this eagle that's got a little mouse by the throat and it's grinding his head into the into the pavement before he takes off you know what I mean mm. and it, it's so funny that that is going to be reversed in, in almost an instant because they have failed to protect their ass They were too busy trying was, to feed sorry. their face to protect <laughs> their ass.
3: Exactly, exactly. And, and this is something that Kirby said in 99, mate. A legislature cannot, by preambular assertion, recite itself into a constitutional peril when none exists.
2: Oh, now, that's, that's like what, yeah. what Lionel Murphy said about the Constitution holds no element of sovereignty for these people. That's
3: right, exactly. Yeah. So...
2: <laughs> it, yeah, so just, what are we dealing
1: with then? Are we dealing with a, um, a legitimate government or are we dealing no, with a corporation? No, no. no you're dealing with mate, a
2: transitional administration.
3: We're, we're dealing – and I can prove we're dealing with administration, mate. Yep. If you go to the United States Security Exchange Commission, go into – uh, open it up the UK site site, yep. right? You um, go to – on the top right-hand yeah, corner, searches. there's a box, I can't remember what's written in that box. You click on that, mm. and it takes you to the original um, cut filings for it, and you go to the second page on page 42, and you go down to SB, open up SB, and it talks about scheme rules. And in that scheme rules, it tells you Australia is under administration by the um, the, uh, the Reserve Bank of Australia. Mm. And it's tell, it tells, tells you right there that it's under administration. ...by and the Reserve Bank. So, it's around administration by the Reserve Bank. What the hell are our politicians sitting in there, mate? But and hey you
0: they're, they're just sitting there screwing,
3: screwing each other and their
2: kids.
0: But the Reserve Bank of Australia is a foreign it body.
2: Like they're doing something. It's just a corporation. You
0: know? The Reserve Bank of Australia is a foreign body. Yeah,
2: just a corporation. So, exactly. it's just
0: one more lie on top of a, all the others.
2: The, the, the well, Hang on, have a, look, have a look at a $5 note. Sorry, mate. Just have a look at a $5 note. The $5 note is issued by the Reserve Bank. The coins are issued by the Mint, the Royal Mint. Mm-hmm. Isn't it funny the coins issued by the Royal Mint all have crowns on? Mm. Isn't it funny the $5 note issued by the Federal Reserve Bank Corporation? so She that is? It doesn't have a crown. Yeah. And it doesn't say yeah. Commonwealth Australia, it just says Australia. And why does the Federal <laughs> Federal Reserve no, Chairman sign the tri- over the top of the Federal Treasurer?
0: Now, when did that change, though? Because didn't oh, um, seventy three, yeah, seventy two. Because bills what had did it, the crown leave seventy three. Oh,
2: coincidence?
0: Because w- tell me if I'm wrong, but Oops. we did have <laughs> crowns on the dollar notes at one point, didn't yes. we? we did, didn't we? Yes,
2: yeah. we did. Yeah. yeah, on the one and then dollar. And went
3: to a
0: tiara. Yes. Right.
2: Yeah, they slowly pushed out the but, back, back of the door. See, oh, so what, fuck.
3: what we don't <laughs> realise, what not 90% of people don't realise is the reason why we have such a hard time in court is because it's all vice-admiralty, mate. It's <clears throat> vice-admiralty Vice Admiralty, military jurisdiction, right? Because if you go look at the Libre Code 1863 and you read Article 13 of that, it tells you there are two types of military jurisdiction. One is defined and conferred by statute. And if yes. you read articles one through to eight, it will tell you that if you avoid um, another country onto your soil for protection of any kind, they take it over. And what happened in 1966? What happened? Didn't we get point Gap? Well, what happened in, didn't what else happened in '66? What else happened in '66? Didn't
2: we go from pounds and shillings to dollars and cents? Yep, but I'll tell you what's interesting. Yeah, interesting. I I, I you what's interesting too, brother. It's not their land. It's not their call, and it can all be undone.
1: Uh, but, but look, so, sorry, Nimsie, you raised something really important there, and yep. I think I think people need uh, need to understand this the 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 fact that we're under military occupation and as the as the magistrate told me last week uh statute statute law um mark's, marks read through the 1700 page um international law of war and occupation document and in that document it states very clearly that's a us military document and we're under yeah. us military it
2: was rule. Uh, promulgated by the judge advocate general, general of the um us naval forces on the 16th of december 2016 i think it was
0: just, just speaking Thereabouts. about yeah, yeah sorry. you're all right um, it's all right. There's always one in the group. <laughs> there is.
1: Is it? But let me finish on that because this is really important that people understand.
0: Yeah.
1: So, this document that Mark's read through is is the international laws of war and occupation. It's their it's the rule book for occupation, war, and engagement, and, and of any country. <laughs> and it's case law on laws uh, wars going way back. Now in there it states very clearly that statute overrides common law. That's why we get no success in the court standing with common law and the truth because Mm. statute overrides it. Now, like the um, ex-magistrate slash barrister in Darwin said to Nibsey, fuck the constitution, fuck the law. You just change the rules, move on and get the next one in. Now, in that very same military document, it says that the only thing that overrides statute is the returning sovereign. And basically, upon the returning sovereign advising belligerent occupier, they must stand down. Should they not stand down, they were knowingly and willingly committing a war crime. So that document states very clearly that the returning sovereign overrides statute and that's what we're doing. Okay, so... We
3: need to stand and we need to use the... um, I think it's the Stella Maris Doctrine and the returning sovereign doctrine for that.
1: How? How? How do we use it? What's in there that's useful for us?
3: I think it's a Stella Mara's doctrine. Um, you, well, think back when we were in sitting in Hobart, right? We had a judge, a military man, which was um, Greg Malek, right? We had a, a minister, which was Peter Slipper, and we had the lawyer, which is Raymond Broomhall. Correct. Right? And say if I was going to establish a council you need somebody who can talk to the people which is your Lord Mayor, which is your military and you got your, uh, sorry which would be your minister your, your, your judge and you got your, your treasurer which would be your, the military they'd be the ones taking control of everything and, and you got who? Your lawyer and I've actually had, I was only a week, or not not only this weekend, is just gone. I was contacted by a barrister, a retired barrister from Victoria, and he asked me if I wanted to help take back Australia for the Australian people and bring back the Commonwealth Constitution. I went, well, bring back the Constitution. Everybody knows what that is. Why not? Get the Constitution back in play. Then it's only then everybody will see that bring back the proper constitution, the 1900 or 1901, whatever, sections 128 proves that the tribal people are the sovereigns. So all you have to do once you've got everybody understanding the constitution again, it's going, well, oh, yes, returning sovereigns, we're here. Let's move on. Remove remove yeah. all, all the fictitious bullshit and remove it.
2: Yeah. Look under the under the, the under that doctrine of of war, they um, we would be able to retain and adopt any of the um, remnant administration of the belligerent occupier. So we could mm-hmm. pare off or keep whatever statutory instruments we wish to leave in place or get rid of. Actually, right. um, and you know, I'm quite sure that it's not such a big job for people to get their head around the fact that, let's say, for example, you know, um, the 1st of December, we have an election, and at that election, we've just we've just held fresh elections for the lower house, so we don't worry about that, but we get rid of the Senate, the Federal Senate. We get rid of the Queen, we get rid of the Governor-General, and we piss the Prime Minister off. We also, at the same point in time, make political parties and lobbyists illegal, Okay?
3: Because well, they are other, the political parties the way they set up yeah.
2: are, are illegal. But they like are the illegal. Policies. They also breach their, their, their operation also breaches section twenty seven uh, twenty eight of the Crimes Act. They interfere with the political yeah, liberty no. of the constituents to be able to instruct so their the member how to. Rights. Yeah, exactly. So the lower house becomes a proper house of independent representatives of their constituents. The upper house, the Senate, not only becomes the the, the sovereigns. Um, representatives in the house in the senate in the in the in the parliament but it becomes a sovereign senate because we we populate this the senate with members elected from the tribes senior people law people elected from the tribes to sit in that senate over the parliament and the heads of state would be joint male and female heads of state would be selected from that senate this can be done in the blink of an eye without cost to australia And we do not have to shut a business. We do not have to interfere with anything. And all we do is we remove the fucking bullshit, which is that red, white and blue flag and the Queen and all that nonsense from this country, and we replace it with the truth. It's as simple as that. Okay, I've been wanting... That
3: that is simple. That is simple, Mark. But the biggest problem we're going to... This is what I see. The biggest problem we're going to have with that is as soon as you start... Jumping up and
0: down, they're
2: going to bring out the guns, mate.
0: So how, yeah. how do we stop bringing out the guns? Right, yeah, that's the, that's the question right. I've been trying to get in right. for a while. The, the,
2: yeah. Okay, I, I'll tell you, hey, I'll, you, I'll tell you how, Nibbsy. I'll tell you how. The one thing they cannot shoot is peace. Okay, and that's why there's that's why there's people like Bossy trying to say that the OSTF is out there trying to incite this and do that, and we were coming to Alice Springs to have a protest and all the rest of the nonsense that he prattles on with. At the end of the day, you, uh, would you really listen to a man who couldn't make it past one station in the army for twenty three years? Seriously, not much drive there. But anyway, um, the fact the fact is the fact is, if we don't if we aren't violent, they have no right to be violent to us. We are peacefully stating the truth. If if us stating the truth and bringing it to the attention of the people is is going to cause them to be violent, then they're going to be exposed for exactly what they are. Okay? Well,
3: Mark, I can tell you right now, I can tell you right now, I was only talking to a bloke that was um, at a uh, swearing-in ceremony for nude coppers uh, in Queensland the other day. And he was talking to one of the young girls, and she goes, I can't wait to tase somebody. She goes, I don't care. I've been arrested, well, probably 20 times, and... The last, at least the last six, I haven't been violent, mate, but I've ended up injured. I've busted, sprayed with capsicum spray, had my head kicked in, you know. So so, I'm looking, I'm just trying to find a different way and go, well, and the barrister that reached out to me, it's going to be a slightly slower process, but the way he's talking about doing it, and I'll, I would like to, I would like David and you to uh, have a chat with him. I'm actually having a Zoom meeting with him tomorrow, hopefully.
2: Mate, I'm, I'm happy. Um, I'm happy to talk to anyone that's that's prepared to do whatever needs to be done peacefully. But at the end of the day, respect the fact that the sovereigns of this land should be sitting where the sovereigns should be sitting. Simple well, as that.
3: Uh, huh? Uh, it's like well, I explained what I was explaining. We were mm. talking, as I said, I spent uh, 35 minutes on Saturday talking to him. And he, he turned around and read, He said to me, he's in Melbourne, he goes, you're my twin across the water. He goes, he goes I've never, I haven't spoken to anybody that understands. You goes, that's the only reason I reached out to you because the Zoom meeting you were talking in the other night, he goes, everything you were saying was 100% on the money. He goes, I'd really like to work with you and let's try and get, Back and he goes, Where do you want to go? I said, At the end of the day, he, he wants to bring back the constitution, right? And I don't I don't see a problem with that until we get to the point where everybody can see what it is and see that it is only a, it is only a commercial contract. And then go, Well, the actual the proper owners of this commercial contract, since they're the returning sovereigns, are here. And, and put them in, and just slide them straight
2: into place, and remove, remove the shit. It's going to take slightly longer, but yeah, I don't think what it would. I don't What, what, what
3: do he actually put together? Will work.
2: Yeah, but the the issue is, here we have it again. We've got representatives of the crown, um, Australian citizens, you know, trying to dictate what will happen. You know, the 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 the, 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 respect way, the rec- way he wants to set this up, Mark? Yeah.
3: The way he wants to set this up is pretty much go back into the suburbs and take the suburbs back. Like, um...
1: Hey, Nibsy. Hey, in- Nibsy. Yeah? Is this a conversation we want to have off this podcast to nut out first? Because...
3: Well, it, 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 it sort of is, but I'll tell you right now, it needs, like, the law itself needs to be addressed, and the yeah. only way that's going to be addressed is head on. Is if we get if we, if we get some sort of decent financial funding, and this bar, the barrister actually turned around and said he will take on any any case once this gets up and going. He goes, I'll take on any case against the government. Yep,
1: yeah. his plan his plan that you are about to talk about we talked about earlier, and we didn't want to let too much out, but yeah, thanks. You know, no, 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 I
3: don't, want, I don't want too much of it getting out. Yeah. Well, let's leave right. it at that. And we'll yeah, talk to Mark yeah.
1: about that later because here's my thought on it all. And, um, look, I, re, I respect both your opinions on um, um, both the both angles of arguments because it's the truth. And But I also respect what everyone's saying about they won't stop at anything to do what they've got to do. And they've proven that time and time again. But here's the reality. They're already That's killing it. us. They're hitting us with a the bioweapon. Yep. They're hitting us with the water. They're spraying the air. Um the only thing they can do beyond that is shoot us. So do we sit around and wait and see what comes next? Or do we do something? We do something. So we stand with the only truth. Now if you I've always looked at Sun Tzu the Art of, of War. I've only read four books in my life and I read that twice.
2: Mm. I
1: didn't get it the first time. But he states in there very clearly that the greatest victories are one in which blood is not shed. Now they have shed our blood in this in this in this uh attack. But we have the opportunity to stand with the truth. <clears throat> Brother Nimsey, your truth is unrebutted. And Brother Mark's truth is unrebutted. And both those truths prove their illegitimacy, prove that they're corporate agents, prove that they are all personally and vicariously liable. Nimsey in your work, you've, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Crimes Act and the constitutional laws that they're breaking, I believe they're looking at 29 years imprisonment based on those Laws that they're breaching, and that's without the injury harm right. and loss being calculated.
3: Right. Eight, eight around about eighty-nine years. Um, that was just what the judges breached in my court case. Um, oh right, so wow. it's, so it's
1: eighty-nine years.
3: Yeah, yeah. So mate,
1: that's how long they put the suppression mate. orders on for, isn't it? It's interesting, yeah, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, mate. so, so my, my 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 view on it is that the fact the fact that their corporate agency. See people think that bombs and bullets won World War two it didn't it was It was private litigation so, yeah. it was commercial means it was thousands upon thousands now in the in the territory we've had four judges go on stress leave in the last month, and that's because everybody they've been taken to the courts in relation to this mandate bullshit we've been handing out people- handing documents to people and people have just been going into the courts and saying are you are you sending quorum juris?" Are you are you a legitimate? Show me your oath of office. I want to hear read. You, I want I want to know. I want to see your oath of office, um, and I want to see your uh, public liability and insurance and indemnity number. And because I don't believe that the um, judicial system is sitting um, 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 insured in the territory, and um, they've been banging the judges so hard that we've had four judges go on stress leave. And there was a, there was a day there only mm. only four weeks ago that there wasn't a judge available in the entire um, Magistrates court. They had to shut down all the cases. Now, that's because the people were coming in, in numbers, and everyone who was going before these judges was doing the same thing. Yeah. And when you start to hold them accountable, right, they're fragile. They might have the guns. They might have the army. Private prosecution. Private prosecution. Now, we proved that in the Kuhlman J. Walker case. After, after uh, uh, that young man was murdered, and he was murdered. I don't care what the court case said.
2: Yeah question.
1: Um, he was murdered, and we... Um, with the assistance of um, Raymond Brimo, um and, and Greg Malik, um, um we're, we're preparing to assist us to privately prosecute all six police officers, the police commissioner, and the Northern Territory body politic, because it's a Northern, it's a body politic which makes it a, a corporation, which makes it a person, and a person can be charged and privately prosecuted.
3: And that was, that. They, that was actually pointed out in um, Queensland Rail versus Allied Hello, Hello Services Union. Um, so uh, and that was in 2015.
1: What was the argument in that?
3: Uh, it was pretty much saying that if your cor- uh, corporation provide a service for money uh, with an ABN, you fall within 60, uh, 5120 of the Commonwealth Constitution. Therefore, you must have a contract. Guess what? They don't.
1: So would that make, make all... R- yep, there you go.
3: Therefore, all your contracts, two seconds, let's put a plug my phone in. All your contracts, all your government departments, anything that has an ABN within it, is sitting outside. And because they're, um, what is it? They're sitting without the members swearing their oath correctly, they're in a position of.
0: Viability. Okay, gentlemen, I've got a question for you. In, If we get down to brass tacks, right, what is it that you want? So, I mean, can I put it to you like this? These people, they have bought into the system as well. Now, I know that they're holding offices illegally, and yes, there are lots of them who are corrupt, and they need to be held to account. But what is it you really want? What's the the, the outcome in in its fullest forms that you're looking for? Because, I mean, I think to put it simply, you just want everyone <laughs> to step down, right? Okay. Um, yeah.
1: Well, not, not necessarily yeah. everyone to step down, but more so for the people to stand up and step down the corporation that's unlawfully governing us yeah. and and establish a legitimate government based on, based on, based on uh, natural law, tribal law, common law and, and the truth. And a government that serves the people. Right now, we're being governed and, under and a corporation. To, yeah, go on, Nips. Go, go bro. and to be able, and to be able, be able to
3: be able to have you have your say. And when you, if say you do get arrested, you're not you're not guilty straight away. You want to be able to go, hey, hang on, I'm innocent. Prove me guilty. Not not like it is now, like.
0: Yeah,
1: guilty until a proven innocent.
3: Mm. You haven't paid a fine. We're taking your license off you. Oh, we haven't even taken you to court, mate. No due process, off.
2: See you later.
3: No. Get real. We got, yeah. got to bring back.
2: Everything's got to be. And I, th- I think we have. We have to. We have to put emphasis, a proper emphasis on the crime. I don't see why it is that a bloke no, doing no, getting dead, caught mate. a couple of times, ten k's over the speed limit or five k's over the speed limit, can lose his license, lose his job, lose his livelihood, lose his yeah. house and his home and his. And his misses and kids, but but someone who rapes children gets an Academy Award. Exactly what the, the fuck is this yeah. shit? Like, well, seriously,
0: full spectrum dominance once again. That's how they're breaking us down, isn't it? It's
1: part of the media, mate. Yeah, well, and it's, it's also a distraction because uh, that's the real pandemic. Yeah. All right, the children. That's the real you pandemic.
3: Have a look at it this way: every time a police officer pulls you over on the side of the road. They must have reasonable grounds or probable cause to pull you over. Yes, They're not allowed to facilitate an investigation, which they do every time they oh, how was evening? What are you up to? What are you doing? That's facilitating an investigation if you haven't got reasonable grounds or probable cause. Yeah, and
0: they're right. trained to do that straight up.
3: Yep.
0: Hey? They're trained to do that straight up. It's the first thing they learn. Yep.
3: Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but <laughs> the law is very, very clear. Go read R versus Benner, um, When you read that, uh, what was it, uh, a 1970 Victorian now, in R.V. Benner they states very clearly that they cannot use, if they don't have reasonable grounds of probable cause it's a violation of social economic political and social cultural rights That's if I violate that that's prison time for, for me if I did it to a police officer All right. and the law is meant to be equal Yeah. and that's what we've got to get it back to is hang on you can be held accountable to officer. And since the private prosecutions, we started throwing those those words around. I can tell you right now, I haven't had a copper raise his hand to me. I, I've flown to Darwin twice now, no face masks, no jabs, in the middle of the pandemic, had, had arguments at the airport with the uh, AFP. Me too. And Dave turned
0: around and went, We'll walk oh, we you out the front. Sorry, Nibsy, can we just know, go back a sec? Yeah. Well, I think we just dropped you out there for a second. Just start again.
3: You know, like, the, I've been to Darwin um, twice in the middle of this pandemic. No face masks. Yeah. No jab.
0: I've um, um, to
3: Darwin. The, the Cho officers up there had a go at me. I, I spoke, argued the point, showed them the law. The police grabbed me, walked me to the front door and said, see you later. Come back in, two weeks later. the same police officer left her post, come and sat down with me for uh, 20 oh. minutes and um, had a chat and went, can you give me some more information? Because everything you're saying is right. Mm. Now, if that's happening and we're educating them, why the hell are we in a position where every – like David Cole, what's, what's, he, what's he up for, you know, for nothing, for doing doing exactly what I did.
0: Doing the right thing.
3: Yeah, be black. Not only that, he stood, he stood his ground, but because he couldn't argue it the same way as me, he's been charged.
1: Well, I was assaulted first. But here's the reality. I'll tell you why they're targeting me. They're not targeting me just You're because I'm truth. Well, not just because I'm speaking truth. You're, I'm, I'm speaking no more truth than you. I'm speaking your truth and I'm speaking Gunham's truth. That's the reality. Now, the, why, they, why they're targeting me and why they're going hard at me is because of the children. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the big elephant in the room, right? That's mm-hmm. the real pandemic. 8 million million children go missing every year and only 17% are recovered. And only 60% of the countries actually report missing children. So there's 40% of the countries that don't report. They are third world countries. So you could probably triple that 8 million. Absolutely. Now, 40,000 plus go missing in Australia every year. People think this is some mythical um, conspiracy theory talk from overseas from ancient times. Mm. I can tell you now, a, a trusted person that I know, reported some um, stuff happening in Moree. And that result, this is only going back two years. That resulted in 135 arrests from Queensland, New South Wales, Victoria and South Australia, and 87 kids were rescued in a basement zip-tied in Adelaide. Fuck. That never made the fucking news. No. Right? Interesting, isn't it? When was that? This is only going back two, two, two and a half years. Wow. Now, that never made the front news. That never even made the news headline, the back news. The reality is this sickness is rife in this country. They know that the children are my motivation, and I'm not stopping till we have victory to protect the children because the sick fuckers, excuse the language, that are doing this to the children are the very people that are annihilating us. That's right. They're corporate agents. They don't have jurisdiction authority. They're committing genocide against us all, and we can hold them all personally and vicariously liable. Now, Nibzi, you've been saying this for years. We've got to go after their insurance and yeah, hold them liable. Yeah. Now, we 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 know that the in, the insurance underwriters state very clearly: if you get three complaints against you, they call that three taps, and you're out. You know, and
0: and and the individuals.
3: Well, you, can't walk, you can't walk. onto any government. You can't walk on any worksite unless you're insured, can you?
0: Correct. Mm. It's interesting you raise that. Did you? Did you? I'm sure you guys know that the doctors that have been administering these jabs are, are not covered by insurance either.
1: Yeah, correct. So they take full liability. Mm.
0: And and
3: yeah, it's self-insured. Anybody that's self-insured under Australian mercantile law holds 100% liability, mate.
0: Yep.
1: And we know that we know that the judicial system in the territory is not insured. So. Um, and that's probably that's probably an issue around the country because they've removed the very clauses that people can seek remedy in the courts um, because they aren't properly insured, um, and that's what we've been challenging the judges on and letting them know that you personally and bio liable, and they're, they're scattering, they're running. And
3: that, that that's what private prosecution is so scary. Yeah. Because as soon as you show them that their um, their liability and the reason why I've always said, go again, go after the insurance because all you have to do with the insurance, insurance is really defined you don't have to show any criminal intent, nothing. Mm. And the second, if you go look at the, if you, and this is the main reason, when you go have a look at the, um, their statute of obligations and their duty of care and tell, it goes and their uh, codes and ethics, it states that they must do their diligence. They're not allowed to give false and misleading information. Now, if they don't, if they do their diligence, they'll see that the stuff, the the stuff coming out of um, what is it, the British Medical Journal on the efficacy of the jab says don't do it. Yeah. Stuff coming out of Veritas in the US mm. says don't do it. Yet they're trying to push it here.
0: Oh, and they're pushing you know, it on like, the children. Hmm. Mm. Get your face yeah. painted at Perth Zoo and you get free entry.
2: Yeah.
0: No, so yeah, that's right. sure.
3: using, and, and see by well, them using bribery and coercion, right? To get what they want, that's that's ten years imprisonment, mate. Using uh, coercion, you can go to jail for that. And as well, soon as there's coercion, it's a breach of contract.
0: Well, what eighty three to ninety percent of Australia has um, been coerced. I don't know what the number well, is, yeah,
2: but I'm not, I'm not that, sure the number's that high, Matt.
0: I, Well, well, I'd agree with you,
2: Mark. You know, uh, I I think that that's part of their psychological warfare. They're going to say that, you know, oh well, you're only part of the 0.5 that hasn't been jabbed. Yeah, fuck yeah. Off. I'll tell you why they're I'm happy to be part See, of the 0.5. So, off there, you Fuck. Hey. That there in I'll
3: itself, it. right? You get a police officer on the side of the road pull you over and he says, Oh, if you don't do this, I'm going to arrest you.
2: Oh, yeah. How does that work? <laughs> now,
3: declaration of war, one hundred percent. That is a declaration of war if you read Article two of the Geneva Convention. Yep. Right? Now, the way that becomes a war, that's classed as a war of nerves. And if you read like you go that's that's what threat, intimidation, and an attempt to wear you down now
0: that's torture correct
3: mm. well yeah well that's under section 270.1 there's slavery and slavery like conditions mate mm. yeah you go 274.1 and it's you've got um uh, mental mental anguish. Oh, you know you, now the, because if they don't have any reason to pull you over or any reason to make any threats or any reason to discuss anything with you then they're personally liable and that's why when I realised the insurance was decided to look at, the reason why I picked insurance was because you don't have to prove anything but negligence and the easiest way to prove negligence is look at their their rules and regulations and see if they followed them. They don't. Yeah. And none of them do their due diligence. None of them. You turn around, oh, well, well, but that's what we believe. I don't fuck what you believe. I don't care what you believe, mate. Please provide me the information. Mm -hmm. It's the same as putting fluoride in your water, right? You ring up your water mob, ask them for the material safety data sheet that states that it is able to be used at any level. They won't provide it because it can't be provided. It states very clearly not for human consumption.
0: Yeah, well, they put hydrofluorosilic acid in and it eats through cement that goes into the water as well.
3: What what they're saying, what they say, oh, the state government says it's allowable. Hang on. The manufacturer's recommendation is not for human consumption. Soon as you change the molecular structure of that water, it's no different to adding cordial to it. It's no longer water. It's fine. Soon as you change the molecular structure of anything it changes what it is so when you go down that line you go hang on let's have a look at the water oh material safety data sheet says not for human consumption oh but the government over here says it is we can use it in small doses okay let's go to the manufacturer and ask them it's the same as the um, PCR (laughs) test. they're using sodium uh, sodium azide in the PCR I
2: think it is so, but I, I can't, I can't get past the fact that they want you to wear a mask because you can breathe, you can exhale and breathe this shit out on people, but they've got to skull rape you with a baton to find it at the back of your head. Yeah, what's that about? <laughs> Submission. Yeah, no.
0: But not only that, um, the the guy yeah. who invented the PCR test said that it was never invented as a diagnostic tool, and it, and he gave all the reasons why it couldn't I, be I'm
1: used. I'm not
3: worried about that. I'm not worried yeah. about yeah. the PCR test. What it was used for? Yeah. The Chemical they use to um, it's ethylene ceramides.
1: ethylene oxide. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, Yeah, that, that's that's the
3: PCR test, and the other the rat test is sodium azide. Mm. Both those both of them. Are carcinogenics. Um, we spoke with the maker of um, ethylene oxide, which is um, air liquid. And we, I was asked, me and Dino were on the phone to their <laughs> lab, and their lab said, avoid it at any cost. And when, we, when when Dino went, well, you want to notify the government then, because that's what they're using to sterilise all these um, swab tests. And most, medical, and most medical procedures, any any of um, your stainless steel and that in the hospital, they're using sodium azide, uh, not sodium they ethylene oxide. That's and it's a carcinogenic, it creates cancer, mate. Mm. You know, So we've got to sit down and start looking at it and go, well, shit like that shows their negligence.
2: Yeah. And
3: they're, they're telling you that they're negligence because the state's saying it's safe to use when the manufacturer says, no, not at all. Well I, I, would, I, I
1: wouldn't I would say they're negligent. I, I would I would say that they're um right on target with what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, I would agenda, agree agenda, yeah. agenda yeah. 20, yeah, twenty one.
3: Again, ninety percent of the people administering this stuff doesn't know what don't know
1: what's in it. Absolutely. That's negligence. Absolutely, um, I agree. You
3: know, and this this is what I'm saying, like, and when you make them make them aware, they don't do their job, right? Mm-hmm. You tell yourself oh, that's got sodium azide or ethylene oxide or that's got uh, sodium fluoride. Then you go, hang on, look at this for a minute. What what, what have we got here? Material safety data sheet says these are fucking dangerous. The manufacturer's the manufacturers saying don't use them. Yet you're telling me some science jerk, some science jerk in a lab is saying it's safe to use when the manufacturer, the bloke who makes this shit knows knows better than all of you's he's saying don't use it and you you're putting it in the water that's the negligence mm. just because they're just taking the they're, they're, they're well, um, Yamashita standard right now when you read or the Mandina standard when you read that it doesn't matter whether you believe it's right if it's wrong anybody above you can be charged. And that's why the Korma Walker case was so effective in getting everybody charged, because they used that standard to get it over the line.
1: Yep. Yeah, and look, by, by altering our water with the, um, with the fluoride is altering our DNA, because water holds yeah. our DNA. And that's what this has always been about. And that's why the NRMA uh, stuff uh, alters our DNA. Um, and everything. Well, e- e- sorry
3: to cut in again, David. In um, the US, only two weeks ago, they actually proved in the lab that the RNA now literally does alter the DNA, and that you're going to have them for um, discrimination now. Yeah. You actually can use discriminate. You can use discrimination laws. Um, against anybody that will refuse your entry or anything like that. You can actually use discrimination laws properly because your DNA hasn't been changed. Yeah. That was a US, um, uh, there's two US adopter and two um, lawyers on, I'll see if I can find the podcast and send it through to you.
0: Yeah, I can tell you there's some lawyers in Western Australia looking at that as well.
1: And I'll tell you what's scary about that they um they claim that the Supreme Court I think you sent me the article Nisey that the Supreme Court in America claims that because your DNA has been altered yep. uh, that you are now a patented owned product.
3: You
1: know. mm-hmm. now now the, the skip now I always always like to remind people everything everything comes back to the kids, yeah right, so if you're a patented owned product and I own you and you die, and your children are your property, who takes possession of your property
2: the state. That's right. But that's just a conspiracy
1: theory. Well, eight million children (laughs) going missing a year. Eight million children going missing a year. I mean, look, this is what saves me about people. I was talking to a bloke about this the other week and I said, look, let's let's, let's talk about the real pandemic. And he said, oh, I don't want to know about that, I don't want to know about that. I said, out of sight, out of mind for you. It's that easy, eh? I said, well, you're near the end of your life. I said, you've had a good run you probably grew up in one of the best eras. He's a bit older than me. And um, I said, so you're happy to just ignore that, pretend it doesn't happen, and leave your great, your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren to be left in a fast of sickness, governing their affairs, knowing that you know, but you just didn't want to look at it? And that's the sad reality for me. And just because it's not people's children, just because it's not in their backyard, just because they don't see it and they can't think... They don't want to look at it. They don't want to know about it. It's just too hard. It's just too heavy. But it's the reality that we have to wake up to that this sick, parasitic, vile system that's governing our affairs that doesn't have the jurisdiction or authority to do so is doing this to children while they're genociding us. That's
0: the reality that people have to wake up to. And all of these people that are participating in this are all doing it for money. Correct. Yeah. Which is really sickening as well. I mean, you, you know, yeah.
1: well, well, the, uh, that's the preparation. We've all been socially engineered. Every race, every culture, right?
0: Yeah, it's going um, on constantly.
1: Yeah, you know, the Nuremberg trial, um, uh, the two that's going on with um, um, Raina Formich, they've identified in there that, and brought out brought out the the evidence that the new ge- eugenics program goes goes back to the eighteen hundreds. Yep. Um, so this is not an overnight yes, thought. It does. Yeah, that's right. This is a well-planned, well-structured. I mean, as sick as it is, the only thing you can give it to them is how well they've put this together. They've conditioned us from when we were watching Play School. They've conditioned us from the first thoughts we've had, from um, everything, the blinkers on, getting us into the slave wheel, making us reliant on on, um, material objects, the consumerism, having a house, having a car, feeling good about all those things. And if you talk to most people, they all say, I didn't want to get it but I've got to pay my rent or I've got to, I've got to pay my mortgage and I've got to feed my family and I've got to pay for my car. And if you look at the enslavement that we've been conditioned into, it's all been set up that people are so entrapped that they either are so scared that they fall into this trap to exist and survive. And you're right. It comes down to money, which becomes down to existence. And
0: that's that's been the whole setup. I'll tell you another thing that's really shocking about it is the hubris. Uh, Now they take people like Bill Gates, whose parents go right back to the beginning of, well, not the beginning, but, you know, deeply entrenched in uh, eugenics. Mm-hmm. And they're people before them. And now they're just putting him up in front of us going, look at this man.
2: Oh, Look, mate, what, what cracks me is we're, we're taking medical advice off him about a virus. Prick can't even keep a virus off an inanimate object like a computer.
0: Well, mate. <laughs> yeah. The entire so thing is set up,
2: though.
0: Nice like. I mean, you talk about setups. I mean, where do these people come from? Like, I mean, you know, well, I don't know. I, I think it seems like Elon Musk is doing some all right things, right? But you notice that if you yeah, if you followed have any, seen. yeah, that's what I was going to say. Not only that, though. Do you remember if you go back twenty years ago, he was this young genius kid, and then he just grew up to be the multi-billionaire who's saving the world with his cars. I oh, mean, it's a flat-out setup.
2: Saving the world with these cars—do do people really take into account what those batteries take to produce? Yeah, that's it. You know, and there's nothing funnier. There's nothing funnier than some of the shit on the internet. Like you see all these t- Teslas parked up in front of this wall, and then the guy sort of go pans with a camera and looks through the window on the wall, and there's a monstrous big diesel generator running out the back to charge the cars out the front.
0: And it's just the total truth. You know? mm the absolute it's, truth.
2: It's, it's, I think
0: it's all
1: distraction.
2: <laughs>
0: it's all no, distraction. It.
2: Because we all know I that Ferrari just Tesla. eats everything else, you know. Yeah. <laughs> also, NEMS. Uh, uh. The only Go. thing about the Tesla's is they're bloody quick. Yeah. yeah, I can well, show you a Chevy Blazer that'll blow one in the weeds, mate. <laughs> right well,
1: well, well. In all honesty, I, I think the whole thing's a distraction. The fiat yeah. currency system's dead. Yeah, it's been going. It down, it's been going down the tunnel for a long time. They brought in the virus to distract everybody and introduce a bioweapon hey, to, you to, to hear depopulate. Hear yeah. David and Ah, uh, go who's ahead.
3: Head, who is the head of the Commonwealth?
1: Which Commonwealth? If
3: you're, at, if, if, if you're looking at symbolism alone, who is the head of the Commonwealth?
1: Don't care. They're not oh, yeah.
3: here. They can fuck well, off. Well, tec- take take. No, tec- no. Tec- yeah, tec- tell you, us. Technically, you just touched something on right about the um. When you're saying about, um, uh, geez, was looking at something, was right up the cat the Commonwealth? Just on symbolism alone, it's it's Meghan Markle, mate.
2: What? Say again. Meghan
3: Mark. Yeah, Meghan well, Mark.
2: People, people are saying that because oh, when she life. got married, she had all all the flowers on the train and on a, on, a, on a wedding dress and all the rest of it. But no, not
3: the flowers, mate. You have a look at the you have a look at the crown that was wore on her head. Yeah. Last time it was worn it was 1932. Yeah. Have a look at the veil that was on her head. Had every Commonwealth country on it. Have a look what yeah. um, flowers, Harry yeah. was wearing. Have a look at the have a look at the symbol that Harry was wearing on his on his um, suit. It was the Maltese cross. When yeah. William got married, what was it? It was a Jewish star. Yeah.
0: Tell us a little bit more about the Maltese Cross. What's the relevance to that?
3: Well, the, the Maltese Cross was used for the um,
2: Knights of Malta, uh, Knights
3: Templar. Yeah. Yep. To protect the the uh, the, 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 common, the Commonwealth's money, the crown, the money. Yeah. The, 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 the Knights Templar was the ones that were first set out to protect everything.
0: Yeah, that's right. And they established the banking system, right? So, right. so you're saying, Nibzi, that Meghan Markle? I'm not.
3: Sta- I'm not saying. I'm not saying Sorry. it at all. I'm no, you're just, just
0: drawing, drawing symbolism, the symbolism. Following
3: Symbolism alone. Yeah. Following symbolism alone.
0: Yeah.
3: When was the gold standard removed? The late end of '32, beginning of '33. Yeah. When was that crown last worn? '32. Have a look at the crown that was on her head. Uh, the veil that was on her head had every Commonwealth country on it. And I've actually took that to a couple of ministers of churches and that, and they went, no, you're wrong. And when you have a look at um, Beyonce and Jay-Z, when they paid uh, respects to her, in one of the speeches they did, behind them was Meghan Markle with the Queen's crown on her head on the throne.
0: It is interesting, isn't it? Mm. There's definitely something to that. Yeah.
2: They're just, showing. Just, but it raises a question. Just jump why. in your right mic there. Sorry, mate. It ra- raises a question why they would make her the head of the Commonwealth. Yeah, well, I mean, it does. Yeah,
0: But it's just—it's funny how they keep showing us. Well, this, this is magic with a K, right? They've got to show you what they're intending to do before they do it to you to exempt themselves from there's two
1: things they have to show us what they're doing Yep. so that they've told us and they they, they distract us with a the whole lot more liability. that's right to hide what they're really doing yep. yeah and yep. it goes back to the children and it goes back to the depopulation plan and this is all a part of it yep.
0: what do you guys think the the thing with the children's all about i mean it's pure and utter satanism
2: uh, it's just it's just filth.
0: It's just depravity. Is that all so, it is, though?
2: What else I can mean, it be? No, it's control. Well, no, it's
0: manipulation. I think, I think it goes way no, back no, into no, ancient there. times. and Yeah, it does.
1: It goes way
0: back, way back to the
2: right. Hang on, novel. hang on. I don't care whether you want to call it religion or, yeah. or sat- Satanism, whatever. It's yeah. fucking sick depravity. It, it, is. it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, It you is. Know? It's like I, I, I don't understand – Like I. I I don't get the concept of what well, the, the missionaries reckon one. we should have been grateful that they brought their God. They brought, mm. they brought their God. Their God who oversaw them rape, pillage and slaughter us in his name to protect us. Yeah, whack jobs.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, oh. No, just a tad, bro.
1: Yeah, not, not just there, not just there to hear, but um, planetary for for the whole history of humanity. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I used to look at how, you know, I'd often just be standing around and I'd I'd, I'd see white people look at Aboriginal people and really look down on them, and I used to think, how can you do that? How, how can you know that you're on their land and you're looking down at them like they're a worthless piece of shit? And I used to I used to look and I used to wonder and it used to it used to bug me. Uh, I thought, man, I've got to get to the bottom So I went and researched and looked into how many times England has been overthrown. I think it's like six times. So they've been raped, pillaged, murdered and tortured six times. Yeah.
2: They should so have fucking better than someone else. Well sometimes.
1: Yeah, but that's 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 why we have a lot of abusers because the the abuse become the abusers. Um and it becomes normalized and that's 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 what we have on this planet with the children and stuff, is we, we have this sickness at the top. Um and just like the invasion and rape and pillage of whole nations when you've been through that six times, it becomes so normalised for them that I just think that's just how it is.
0: Don't you think it's so interesting that there is no literature around anywhere about who the true powers are that are in the world? Like, mm. you know, everyone knows the Rothschild family, but there are other families, and another, one that I love to quote is Krupps. They're one of the lower families, but there's no study or research ever really been done into those people. There was one in um, Brisbane in the 80s, but it was all they concluded was that the Rothschilds were worth something like 500 trillion at the time, and the Rockefellers around 250. But that's as far as they got. They didn't get into all the families, and these families are there, and they can go and buy a country. They could probably go and buy Australia if they wanted to, but we don't know anything about them. So. I think one of the things that you guys are into here is the very beginning, the very tip of the iceberg. Oh, I don't know.
3: That, that's where that's where we've got to get back to is finding that and going, okay. Yeah. Let Let's lance it before it starts getting to a head. Well, yeah. well,
1: well, 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 I don't think we have time to look. There's, there's been a lot of research done. Right? There's a lot of great information, yeah. documents and it doesn't and stuff make a there.
0: difference to this conversation. I just well, well,
1: it, it doesn't because right now we've been shot at.
0: Yeah, right? that's right. And,
1: and 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 we we don't have time to work out who's shooting it. Yeah, we just need to dodge a bullet. And um, it's like the Pope said in 2017: the only hope for the planet, the only hope for the planet is indigenous sovereignty. Yeah. Um, and um, and the reason that he said that was because we don't have a contract. These are foreign corporate agents. These are multi conglomerate um, entities. You know, when you consider that, you know, Vanguard and BlackRock own 51% of yeah. each other. Yeah. And they're only owned by a small number of people. Yeah. There, and the 500 fortune, the 500 fortune, 500 fortune companies are the only ones that didn't shut down during the pandemic. Interesting, isn't it? Um, And they're the ones we need to boycott. Yeah. So going back up to those guys who go back up to, you know, the uh, globalists who own them and, you know, the manipulation. And you're never going to find the truth on the internet because uh, they control the information flow. So um that's right. It, well, look, I think I think we all know that the en- enemy is a, a foreign power that has no jurisdictional authority here, and we as 26 million people just need to focus on that because I can tell you why. My, uh, my, my, my my honest opinion of the entire of the entire thing is it's a land grab, right? This is about taking out one million tribal people, and they don't care if they kill nine million white people in the process because the globalists are being kicked out of Africa. They're looking for their next land mass to suck off. They've been setting us up as easy our lucky country so they could come in and whack us. And if 9 million white people take it in order to convince 1 million black folks, yep. and I can tell you now, the masses in our communities that have taken it is very, very high. They got their hit, right? And in 2019, there is a um, a tribal group, um, eight clan groups came into a meeting with the Northern Land Council and a, um, and a um, copper mining company um and and a fracking company and other companies and they wanted to do multiples of things on their country and they said no one, one of those elders is here today wow um, and they said no and in the meeting with the land council and the mining groups the tribal people one of them suggested that we just stand up and walk out and there is no, nothing they can do so they did they all stood up they walked out they all stood up they walked out and um as I was walking out, the land council guy, this was in 2019, the land council guy turned, turned to the guy, told him to get up. He said, then we'll get it another way. Yeah. And he said, I didn't know what he meant. Now, all those communities that they were trying to get the mining into are the very hotspots. And I've put out a video. If you go on to Rumble and you look up Lompa, yeah, you will see a, uh, a, uh, a little story I put out. It's called The Genocidal Land Grab. Now, I was telling around that this is a land grab, it's got nothing to do with people's well-being or anything, and hitting the tribal people is about getting to the resources. And I was uh, contacted by a geologist who sent me some government maps, and if you look at the territory, the territory's already sold off. Even the 51% that's supposedly been claimed under native title, okay, is sold off. The whole territory is aglow. It's either deals done, deals pending, or deals waiting, or, or um, applications in.
3: Hey, can I just say something about that? Yeah. Say something here? They can't touch the land because it's stolen. They can't sell the land, and this like it is a land grab. They're doing exactly what they did in 1666, mate. All right. They what they did is burned all the information, got rid of all the information. And who, never, who didn't stand up and go and claim their family's uh, fortune, they just took it.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But all these government departments, as you were saying, they're foreign power. Not one of them can provide an ASICS form 418, which is a memorandum of appointment of a local agent. Yep. Right? So how the hell are they operating here under, the, under, under anything if they're not here correctly? And
0: that's it. Um, You're just breaking up a little bit there, Nibsy. Yeah,
3: the you
0: broke up again. Okay. Yep. Hang on. Uh, looks like we're losing him. I was saying you're unstable. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, right. he's back the again, he's back unstable. again. You've
3: been saying that about me for a long time, bud. Oh, uh, brother,
1: I knew that when we were growing up. We are both unstable.
0: <laughs> All right, gentlemen, look, um, we, we've been going for nearly two hours. They're, they're, they're
3: none of them have an Asics Form 418. Oh, shit, yeah. But there's, they need their ASICS form four one eight, mate. And there's only one person I know in this country that's actually got an ASIC form four one eight, and that's Rod Collison.
0: Ah. He
1: also he also got the Freedom of Information back from the um, uh, the government uh, in relation to the appointment of the Governor General. Is that right, Nibzi? I believe so. Yeah, mate. Uh, and
3: with the, there's, there's you, people saying he didn't, hmm. ask, he didn't ask the right questions, and I do understand, like. Um, when you're asking certain questions, if you don't use the correct words, you're not going to get the right answer. Yep. Um, and mm. they, I know a person that looked at what he said, and they said that he wasn't using the right words, so they they would have just said, no, they can't find it. Right. But, um, the Privy Council, I believe, if that if that's what they've done, they, they're being misleading and deceptive. And I, I can't see them doing that at this, not, not where we're at because too many people waking mm. up and they wouldn't want misinformation like that getting out. Um, and the only way that I could see them wanting to get out like that is so, yeah, no, no, we didn't say that. We've removed our liability. No, no that's that's happened. Mm. You know what I mean? That's the only thing I can see. They're trying to remove their liability and say, no, well, it, what, it didn't happen. If it didn't happen and it kept going, then they have got clean hands, haven't
2: they?
0: No, <laughs> no, no clean hands whatsoever.
3: No. If the the privy council are saying they weren't appointed correctly, we can't find anything saying so they were appointed appointed correctly. And they've and they've stepped away from everything. Then they they sort of got clean hands in the, in that respect for. On that on that topic, uh, they don't have clean hands because everybody knows that they've, what mm-hmm. they've done, the way and the way they've done it is criminal. And you can you
0: can show that through all, all law. So, yeah. absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Look, I think that really brings us to the conclusion. Does it? Well, we, I'll,
1: I'll leave I'll leave you the final thought. Here, here, yeah, that's
0: what I'm long here, getting
1: here's, to. Here's how, here's how we look at it. We as the Sovereigns have the legitimate right to self-determine our own affairs, Mm -hmm. establish our own governance structure, and look after ourselves. There are 25 million people on this continent that are under attack from the same corporate entity that doesn't have any jurisdiction authority, Mm. that are impersonating public officers, that are corporate agents, that are committing genocide against the people, knowingly or unknowingly, but Mm -hmm. they're participating. Now, we have been doing a lot of work with a lot of great minds. We know exactly where we can step. We know under what structures we can step, and we know under what structures that the Australian people can step with us, we're both backed by international law, protected under our sovereignty, and that's what we're proposing to the people, is a healthy place to sit, work together, and create a nation based on truth, honor, and respect, because their country is not a nation until its people are walking in unison. It's taking this is taking this attack on the people to wake us up, to bring us together, to look at the strongest truth that we have to stand with to walk free. And that's what we're doing. As the Sovereigns, it is our responsibility to protect the realm and everything and everyone upon it. And we're extending our hands to the Australian people to say, walk with us. Let's take our freedom together and let's create something healthy. But more importantly, let's build something for the future that ensures not only healthy sustainability, but abundance for all. And we bring everything back into truth, respect, and order. Yes, and that's the only way we can go forward peacefully. That's the only way. We and can so that's what that's what we're doing. That's what we're offering to the people, and that's what we're asking the people to do: stand up and walk with us.
0: Fantastic, mate, Nibsy, Um, final comments from you? Do you have any final comments?
3: Mate, at the end of the day, the our whole judiciary, our whole political system, um is invalid it they it, and we've got we've got lawyers and barristers um, stating that it's, if it's invalid and they are the blokes these are the blokes that have been studying law doing most of their lives and they're saying what we're saying is correct so we need as David said we need to stand in the truth and and fix the problem yeah it's not going to be in the law side of it the law side of it should be Pretty easy fix because the treaties yeah. that we've entered into state that we can, once we remove them, we can keep and remove whatever we want. So I honestly think the only way we can move forward is in truth and standing with, unifying everybody and making everybody understand what's actually going on, mate. Mark. Uh, that's uh,
0: the f- only
3: thing I can think of.
2: Like, it's the only way we can.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mark, final comments from you.
2: Um I just think that if if people are going to sit there and blindly believe what the government shovels down their throat, there's a wise old saying. So if you're gonna let someone shit on your head, might as well lay back and open your mouth. hmm Okay? Anybody who believes that the governments, any of the governments on this continent, any of the parliaments, are going to deliver the things that the people need, want, or desire is sadly mistaken. Yeah. If you think they're going to tell you the truth, you're fucking insane. Um, we won't have a GST. We'll never have a GST. Oh, we we'll a GST.
0: Yeah.
2: By well, the yeah. year 2000, there'll be no child living in poverty. We're 20 years yeah, up the track, and yeah. there's still tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of kids living in poverty. And the list just goes on. Yeah, closing the gap. Well, it's actually widening the gap. But let's not put too closely at the statistics. Mm. Okay, mm. everything they say to us is utter bullshit.
0: I'm sick of being uh, as a man um, accused of beating up women. Have you noticed that?
2: No. Again,
0: another thing in the social engineering.
2: No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're not you're not allowed to get cranky because then you're just a violent misogynist.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah well. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Maybe in their world, you know, um, but maybe in their world, I would say to them that they're probably just limp wristed little fucktards.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They, well, they
2: need to grow a set and start behaving like men. Well,
1: everything everything's about attacking the family. Right? Yes, that's right. Destroying exactly. destroying the masculinity. The unit, Absolutely exactly. destroying the masculinity. Taking away the feminism yep. of the, the of the woman and, and 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 all those things that make a family strong. And yep. you know, um, sending all our um, young, strong men off to corporate wars and bringing back wounded mm-hmm. warriors um, to to destroy families, and and, they, and then you look at the intergenerational trauma that comes from those people who get taken to these corporate wars that mm-hmm. like we ha- had no need or right to be there. Yeah, um, as brave as those people are, um, everything's about attacking the family. I mean, that's what happened when they first came here, right? Is they watched where the elders gathered, and then that then they then they took out those elders. And they destroyed the, the warrior. When you destroy the warrior, you destroy the family. When you destroy the family, you destroy the people. When you destroy the people, you oppress the people and you control the people. Now our families have been uh, um, under attack, not just the tribal people, but all of us, okay. The the, the attack on the on, on the on the masculinity of the men, um and, and and you look at the high suicide rates around the country Uh, It's because of the family courts and and what's happening to So, Yep. And and all of that destroys the family. Now, when you you destroy the family,
0: you destabilise everything. The children are easy for the picking. Yes. And there are a lot of people I know of in Western Australia looking deeply into the family law courts, and I hope that's going on everywhere. Yeah,
2: Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, well,
3: well, uh, hang on, man. Talking about family law courts.
2: <laughs> you um, do. <laughs>
0: yeah. The, Is that a... Co- the
3: barrister yeah. that I was talking to on the weekend, he turned around to me and made it very clear that he will take on um, the family law courts because they are 100% illegal.
2: Yeah. Now, well, no co- No court has the right to tell someone, how they will operate within their own family unit. That's that's just ludicrous. Anybody who would capitulate to that right. shit. My first divorce, mate, I went in, serious. my only divorce. I went in, and the judge started blah, blah, I said, well, hang on, sport. I said, do you know me? He said, no. I said, good. I come here to get a divorce. I'm not going into my personal stuff with you. It's got nothing to do with you. Suffice to say that me and her don't get along. That's all you need to know, okay? Sign the paperwork. That's what
0: happened.
2: Yeah. I'm not there to talk about my personal business. I don't give a fuck who that bloke is. Yeah, my business, none of his business. I've, but, I've, but I've these been... guys, these guys want to step over the line, mate. These these judges in the family court want to step across the line, and they wonder why they got when when they get the the family court that the judge got blown up. Like, what do you expect when you do what that guy did? When was that? Oh, I
0: can't. Remember. Quite a while ago. Yeah.
1: I think I think the bottom line comes down to Sir Harry Gibbs' explanatory statement. Yeah, in his profession, right. in, in his professional yep. opinion, the Australian constitutional law and laws are invalid under international law. Yep. which means it's a corporation harming us all. Time yep. we wake up. Time, yep. time, we, time we stand up. And time we take our freedom.
2: Yeah, if we don't do it now, we never will. You know, and the, and the bottom well, line is, the bottom line is, if we don't do it now, we will never get another chance.
0: Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
3: We're not going to get another chance. We've got we're not. less than 12, 18 months, I reckon, if we haven't made a decent stand
2: by then, we're screwed. Look, the best thing about it is all their nonsense with the UN and all their bits and pieces can be unraveled. You know, it's like their native title. Don't worry about the native title going on. It means nothing. It's all fraudulent.
1: Well, you know? no contract is valid <laughs> under, under a fraudulent act, so yep. 1788 is all a crime from there to now.
2: Yep, the whole thing.
1: Shut it down. Gentlemen. You've left...
2: They started their bullshit from the day they stuck the rag on the stick in the ground. Every picture you see about Arthur Phillip putting the flag in Sydney Cove, it's the Union Jack, yeah? Union Jack wasn't created until
0: 1801.
2: Oh. Really? Something I'd like to clear up, too. When I was in Canberra, I made a comment, okay? Yeah. And my comment was about the uh, the, the Union Jack and the, the red and the blue ensigns, right? And I stated very clearly and very truthfully that the Union Jack is just three Hebrew flags laid one across the top of the other. Anybody who knows their history will know that's a fact. Right. Okay? And it's also a fact that we know that the Crown Corporation is owned by Ashkenazi Jews. And that's not being anti-Semitic. Being anti-Semitic would be to say something derogatory about yes. an Arab person. Yes. Not a Jew. Yes. And let's not forget, and I've got two very good... Uh, friends in the, well placed in the Jewish community, and business associates, um, and I was, I've spoken to them about this, and they agree. The Jewish people are a religious people; they are not a race. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay, that's right. So I, I wasn't anti-Semitic. I wasn't racist. I wasn't anything. I stated the facts. So, um, both, uh, what was that little fat guy that was running for parliament? <laughs> Ah uh, doesn't matter. Uh, the one we saw down in Sydney. I don't know. Kelly, Kelly. Oh, um,
0: Craig, Craig Kelly. Kelly.
2: Craig, Kelly. Um, Craig Kelly. And I, yeah. and I believe, again, Bozzy made a couple of snide comments about what I said. Um, you just need to listen to what was said. You need to go and do some work on your history, and you, know, you need, to learn, need to learn the truth. Yeah. Okay? The fact is, the Union Jack, it's called the Union Jack because it's the Union of Jacob. Okay. Do your history. It's Israeli. Yeah. Okay. It's Hebrew. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with race or any bullshit. Like I said, you guys want to stand there. You want to stand there and talk about the Ashkenazi Jewish crown, the corporation that's controlling your life, but you want to wave their flag around. That was my point.
0: Yeah. Look, gentlemen, um, so much to unpack there. I know that my audience is going to be very interested in what you've got to say. Uh, I don't really know. Um, I, I feel like we might need to do another session, even at some point. I don't know, but uh, look, what, why, don't,
1: why don't we do a follow up after the actions that we're going to be
0: doing here? I think that'd be a great idea. I think a lot of people would be really interested to know, and I know I would as well. So, look, thank you so much for joining me, guys, tonight. I really right. appreciate it. Right. Um, I'm looking forward to the next couple of days. Um as as we talked about earlier we had uh uh we've got some festivals coming up and that's going to be really enjoyable um and I'm also looking forward to um tomorrow doing lots of interviews with the people here to get their stories uh and so to my audience uh please uh continue to follow along Please consider becoming a patron to the show. Uh, I'm doing enormous amounts of travel and it's very expensive and um, I'd really like to get some help there with that. Uh, Mark's losing it over I don't know what's going on, but uh, look, well, with that, um, I'm glad we're, we've got a few people who've lost it. Um, I'm glad that we're here because it's good to laugh and... Um, with that, I'd like to close the show with a song by a very dear friend of mine, Kelly Newton Wordsworth. She's written a song called Hold the Line. And I hope you guys hang on for a moment with your headphones on to hear it. Um, so, once again, thank you so much. And uh, until the next time, guys, cheers. Take care.
1: Thanks, brother. Thank
0: you, thank you very thank, much. Thank you,
3: Nibson. We stand for our right to be free. We stand against tyranny. Hold the line, hold the line of oh
2: people.
3: Hold the line, hold the line. Hold the line, hold the line of oh people. Hold the line, hold the line. Every woman and man,
0: time for you to understand. There are lessons to be learned from history. Now the tide must turn. Hold the line, hold the line, oh, people,
3: hold the line.
2: Hold the line Hold the line Hold the line Hold Hold
3: the line Hold the line There's a book called Vaccination That tells a tale of great Deception Bill Gates of hell Destruction must pay the price for his corruption Hold the line Hold the line up people Hold the line Hold
0: the line
3: of Peace Have found
2: their place in
3: history The politicians in their coats and their ties With Big Pharma will go down with their lies Hold the
2: line,
3: hold the line oh, people Hold the line, hold the line
0: Hold the line, hold the line, hold the line, hold the line, hold the the line. the line.